with my brother there in, uh, in the north of Mexico City. We are, are now work, serving in Mexico, in Puebla, Mexico, which is to the east of Mexico City. Uh, we've started a church there in Puebla called Mosaico, which means Mosaic Christian Church. And I'll be sharing a little bit about that as we go along the talk this morning. But uh, this morning we're going to talk for a little bit about, I'm going to be asking the question, what are, what are you going to do? We're going, what, what is going to be your response? The whole purpose of, of a message, the whole, one of the purposes of church is to make a difference in our lives, to change us. Because we have a relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ, what are we going to do about that? How, how does that make us different? What is our response to that? Um, we're going to look at Scripture this morning in Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Also look at Luke 10, 2 and 3. And as we do that, we're going to... Um, I want to start off, though, with a little bit about Mexico. There exists in Mexico, from the south, southern border to the northern border, a train that is called, or the tracks, and the train is called La Bestia. In English, that means the beast. It runs from down by Guatemala up through various parts of Mexico and to the, the southern border of the U.S. And in that train, there, it is filled with corn and other grains and minerals and things that are being transported to Mexico from South America and up to the northern border that it then goes some of it goes into the U.S. That's what's inside the train cars. But on the outside, on the top and in between the cars, are people that, have, that are hitching a ride from South America through Mexico with the hopes of finding a better life, maybe in Mexico or in the United States. People from El Salvador, Guatemala, and other Central and South American countries who are willing to risk their lives because of leaving their homes in a desperate or, or poor situation, looking for hope, a better life, the chance of, of something better or greater. Now this morning as I talk about this, I, I don't come to it from a political standpoint. I know we, can, we have different views on the political nature of people south of our border coming our way. And I don't want to get into that as much, but I want you to set those feelings, those issues aside a little bit in, and think more, remember that these are people. That these are people who don't have as much as you. People who are in a desperate situation, who have needs that are made in the image of God just like you are. And I'm sorry to say, but that, well... I shouldn't say it that way. We are all God's favorites. Red and yellow, black and white. We are all God's favorite. He made us all in His image. So with that frame of mind is what I want us to, to come to this. And remember that um, God, Jesus died on the cross for you and He died on the cross for each one that are risking their lives in hopes of a better, better life. On this train, 
there's an estimated 400 to 500,000 people yearly that will ride on top or hanging on to the, the beast coming to the north of the to the northern border of Mexico. And according to a in 2012 statistic, 80% of the central and southern South American people on the beast are robbed or assaulted during the trip through Mexico. 60% of the migrant women will be sexually assaulted during this trip. And there are some estimates that that statistic is even higher. When the train leaves the southern border of Mexico, there's approximately 50% male and 50% female on the beast. But by the time it reaches the northern border, the end of the line, so to speak, there is more like 90% male and only 10% female. Where have all those females gone? Well, they've disappeared into the, the, to slavery there in Mexico. I'm trying to be tactful in how I say this on Family Sunday. But you get the grim picture, I, th- I hope. The desperation, the, what, the, what they put at risk in search of something better, of the hope, of a possibility of getting a better life. How do you respond to something like that? Maybe you didn't realize that. I don't think it's on the news too much. But how does one respond to that? And other needs around the world. There are people living in poverty in this world in a, in a situation that we, our minds can't even grasp. India and China are so overcrowded that the, the disease and the, the filth and the dirt that many, so many people in the world live with just blows my mind. How do we respond when we learn of things like that? Well, we should respond as Jesus does, with a heart of compassion. And that's what we wanna, I want to look at the, today. In Matthew 9, 35 and following, and Luke 10, 2 and 3. So I want to read the Matthew 9 part of that for you this morning. Matthew 9, 35 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news. Now let's pause just for a second. As I read through chapter 9, if you look in, your, in the same Bible, Jesus, in, in Matthew 9 and even before, Jesus has been traveling um, he stops by his hometown of Nazareth, and, and people are brought to him to heal. He travels to other places, and sick people are brought to him. Uh, he learns of people who have died that he raises to life. He reaches out and heals a woman with a, a blood disease. and So many things, are, so many needs, and Jesus is loving on people and meeting their needs, and healing, and teaching, and sharing the news that, that God has come to this world. Salvation is here. And so this is sort of a pivotal scripture here. And this is, at the end of chapter 9 here, this is summarizing what has happened before. That Jesus has traveled through all the towns and villages, healing and meeting people's needs. Meeting the needs of those who are in desperate situations, much like the people on the beast. Verse 36 says... When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, 
because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is a, I've found, found out this is more of a pivotal part of scripture than I realized. Because here, this passage is a deliberate hinge in the gospel of Matthew. It's a, it's a hinge where, like in a, in a book or in a, a door, it's where one thing turns and is, the hinge is the thing that allows that turn to happen or that movement to happen. But up to this point, Jesus is ministering and reaching out and, and it summarizes this mission of Jesus so far because he went through all the towns proclaiming the message of the gospel and all that. But here, he introduces for the first time the involvement of Jesus, of his disciples in that very mission. Because he says through prayer, preaching, and healing, he includes them in the mission for the first time. And he includes us. So we can see from his example and hear from his challenge to us what our response is to be. So we're going to look at those three responses this morning. The first one is that we should have, just like Jesus did, an inward response. That that inward, that Christ wants us to have an inward response like he did. What does it say here? That as he saw the needs of the people around him. His heart was filled with compassion. Now that's pretty deep in English, but I think it's even deeper and even more vivid in the original Greek language that the New Testament was written in. Jesus was affected by what he saw, so much so that the word here in Greek is used, he says, splunkna. The word sounds like what it is, splunkna. It's a feeling in your gut. Back in this well, today, we look at uh, love and compassion is in your heart, right? We, uh, Valentine's Day was represented with a heart. But in biblical times, love was in your guts. It was that butterflies in your stomach, that feeling that I had after I went out for the first time with my wife, which was with my girlfriend at the time, Tanya, who is now my wife. That, that butterfly in your stomach, that Jesus... Felt it in his viscera, it says. To have, be filled with compassion can also mean to suffer alongside. That's the inward reaction that Jesus had. And that we should have as we hear about the needs of the world around us. What are you, you going to do? Are you going to allow yourself to feel? To have, be filled with compassion as Jesus did? I think sometimes in these days we are numbed and we don't let ourselves feel. But Jesus here was filled with compassion as he saw the people around him. And he is calling us to be filled with compassion as well. To have that inward response. So that's the first response. The second one. I believe Jesus calls us to have an outward response. The inward response that we have should be visible through an outward reaction, an outward 
a way of seeing, an outward reaction. Growing up, I didn't, I wasn't one who had trouble saying, I love you. Like to my mom, I would say, mom, I love you. Even in junior high and high school, when it wasn't really cool, I didn't care. I loved my mama, and I told her. But she said something to me that I've never forgotten. Is she realized that, that, that I could say it, but I needed to show it. And so she would say to me, Todd, I love you too. But you need to remember that actions speak louder than words. And that's true. An outward response is needed to go along with an inward response. To do something. To show what you feel. Through actions and attitude. Here in this scripture, it's, it's interesting. that I love the Matthew 9 version of the, the, this passage. But in Luke 10 too, it also, I think it makes it even clearer. The actions part, action part of it. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke 10, verses 2 and 3. It's the same, the same story, but in a different, from a different writer. Luke writes, in Luke 10, 2, he says, He told them, he being Jesus, told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Then verse 3 says, Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. What's interesting to me here is that Jesus is calling his disciples to be involved in the, this, his ministry of reaching the needs of people, the sharing salvation, loving on people. But he says, and he, he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Ask him to raise up more workers in his harvest field. And then the very next word is, go, I'm sending you to be the answer to your own prayer to the Lord of the harvest. He wants action to be followed up from that inward response. Matthew West writes a song that I'm not going to sing for you right now. I didn't hear any amens this time, but um, he sings a song called Do Something that I think is, has to do with this scripture has to do with an outward response. The words to the song say, I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble now, thought, how did we ever get so far down? How's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. If not us, then who? If not me and you, right now, it's time for us to do something. If not now, then when will we see an end to all this pain? It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for us to do something. I'm so tired of talking about how we are God's hands and feet. But it's easier to say than to be. Live like angels of apathy who tell ourselves it's alright, somebody else will do something. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of life with no desire. 
I don't want a flame. I want a fire. I want to be the one who stands up and says, I'm going to do something. If not us, then who? If not me and you. Right now, it's time for us to do something. If not now, then when? Will we see an end to all this pain? It's not enough to do nothing. It's time for First Christian Church to do something. It's time for you to do something. That outward response that Jesus is talking about when he says, Go, I'm sending you to do something. The Mosaico Christian community that we work with in Puebla, Mexico, that you have been a part in starting because of your partnership with us. This is our, our logo. And part of what one of the outreach ministries that we've, they've developed is that once a month, they go to a local hospital and hand out food. We make, we've, we've given out 100 sandwich, 200 sandwiches on, on one occasion where we make with some really good Mexican bread. It's called a torta. And some refried beans, got to have that, right, in Mexico. Some ham and cheese and tomato and lettuce and jalapenos. And give that to people at the hospital, where you see in this picture, where the hospitals there in Mexico are different. The care is not to the level of, of care that we see here. This is a state-run hospital. It's a nice facility because it's new. But at the hospital... So one, Anytime someone goes to the hospital, a family member or a close relation has to stay around close to, to help provide for the needs that, that the hospital doesn't. And that person doesn't have access to a cafeteria like is at St. Mary's or Deaconess or the hospitals around here in the U.S. There's not, there, there may be maybe some, a street vendor who would sell some cheap tacos or, or something, but not always. So once a month, we go and, and take some food that we give them, share with them and a chocolate chip cookie and a drink, and sometimes we bring clothes to, to give them because they're staying there and maybe sleeping on a blanket on the floor outside the hospital building or in the waiting room. So that's something that one of our, the people in, in the, the church uh, felt led to do as an outreach, to do something to reach out to their community. To say, I don't, I don't want to do nothing. I want to do something. That outward response to an inward response that, that Jesus calls us to. Jesus asks us all to do something, to go and do that's the second response. The third response we have, we have that inward response of filled with compassion. Outward response, action. But Jesus calls us to prayer as well. To have an upward response. Christ calls us to pray to the Lord of the harvest for more workers to his harvest field. And you know, prayer is one of those things that is mentioned many times throughout Scripture. As we pray, we're called to pray for the lost, to pray for those that don't know Christ. Jesus asks his disciples here, and he asks you and I to get involved in the harvest in a more basic way. 
to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers into his harvest field. The vital link between the masses of people who need to know about Christ and his love for us and the workers who are sent out to preach to those people is the whole company of disciples, God's body, Christ's body, praying for the work of the gospel. Now there are numerous other biblical passages that talk about the size of the role of prayer in God's mission. And two themes can be seen in them. First of all, praying for unbelievers with a view to their salvation. That we're called, and I hope a part of your prayer life is that you pray for people to come to know Jesus Christ. Your friends, your family, your loved ones, people around the world, to pray that they would come to know Christ. But also, Scripture talks about praying for the unbelievers with a view, excuse me, praying for the ongoing work of those who are evangelizing those believers. Pray for missionaries, preachers, teachers, those who are sharing Christ with others. Is that a part of your prayer life? Along with giving God your to-do list. Do you ask the Lord of the harvest for the salvation of those here and there and around the world? Of all the things that the New Testament mentions as gospel-promoting activities, preaching, teaching, evangelizing, that kind of thing, prayer is the most frequently urged in in the New Testament. In prayer, we lift the work of the gospel above mere circumstances and into the hands of the one who governs everything. Jesus asks us to pray for the salvation of others. But he says, the laborers are few. Could that be because you and I aren't praying for more workers in this harvest field? I am in Mexico serving as a church planter. My brother Casey is in Mexico serving as a church planter. There are others from this congregation serving because someone... And many someones from this very congregation prayed for the Lord to raise up more workers in his harvest field. And poured into our lives a, a vision of serving Christ full time. Of giving our lives completely in his service. I still believe that there, God may have more from First Christian Church Evansville that he wants to send to other parts of the world. Are you praying for that? Are you praying that God would raise up a youth, a young person from this church, and a middle-aged person, a not-so-middle-aged person, to serve him in, in service? David Livingstone was a, a pioneer missionary to Africa in the 1800s. And a native chief there in Africa named Sachele once asked the missionary a piercing question. He asked him, he said, well, because it is true that all who die unforgiven are lost forever, why did your nation not come and tell us before now? Are you praying? Are you asking the Lord of the harvest for more workers in his harvest field? What are you doing? What are you going to do in response to hearing? hearing God's word today 
And remember, it's God's word, not Todd's word. Do you have that inward response of that heart filled with compassion as Jesus did? Is there an outward response as you lift your upward response? Another way we can be expressed, there are four things you could do in answer to what are you going to do. Give. You could go. You could send. You can pray. You could do all four. As we together fulfill Christ's great commission, as we seek to meet the needs of those on the beast, as we seek to meet the needs of those in Haiti, of those in Montana, other parts of the world where we're ministering, in Italy, what are you going to do? Well, I want to give you just one small thing that you could do as a start. Many of you, I'm going to close with this, many of you have smartphones in your pockets or purse right now. Hopefully they're on vibrate like mine is. But you can set an alarm on, on them. The leadership team at Mosaico decided a long time ago and continues to this day. To, they set an alarm for 10.02 every weekday morning in honor of Luke 10.2. You see that? 10.02. Luke 10, 2. And they stop for 10 seconds, sometimes more. And at 10.02, in honor of Luke 10, 2, we ask the Lord of the harvest for more workers in his harvest field. That's something simple that you could do. But you could also give so that others will know. You could go on a short-term trip, on a long-term trip. You could send as, you, as this church has done and pray that others would know. So ask yourself the question and answer the question. What are you going to do? Let's pray. Father God, we come to a decision time now. And I pray that you would continue to work in the hearts of those in this room that we would be filled with compassion and that we would allow that inward response to become an outward response as we continue to respond upward to you in prayer. This morning, Father, if there's someone here that would feel the need to accept your challenge, Father, I pray that they would come forward as your elders are up front on the sides here, that they would Share with them. Pray with them. Continue to seek answers to that question. What are are you going to do? Father, I thank you for First Christian Church and all that she's done in missions, in the past, in the present, all that she will do in the future. That we together will continue to spread the love of Christ around the world. Father, we pray again for those who this week will be going and serving in Mexico City with Casey and Terry and family. We ask your blessing on that trip. We ask your blessing on our response to your challenge this day, Father. In Christ's name.